I'm Tommy Thompson, and you're listening to Space for Life, a podcast with honest conversations designed to help cultivate the space we need for a more fulfilling and abundant life. Despite our culture being wired for excess and overload, our souls desperately need the opposite. Thanks for joining us today as we seek to take one more step into a spacious life. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back with you. I think we have a a subject today for today's podcast that everybody can relate to and, and that we all need help with. And so today's topic is five tips for dealing with stress. If you happen to listen to this and you don't have any stress in your life, <laughs> go on to the next episode. But if you happen to occasionally struggle with stress, we might have some things worth listening to. Tommy, I don't think I can be here. I don't really deal with stress in my life. You need to find a different person to host you. I know. Yeah. No, no. I am all in on this. I cannot wait to hear what you have to say. So five tips for dealing with stress. I also love that you have enumerated it. So it's quantifiable. We can take it with us. But can we talk first about just the the idea of stress, the word stress? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, that's that's really great. And it's helpful because... uh, most all of us frame the word stress as uh, solely a negative word. You know, we do everything we can in life to avoid stress. And if we have stress, it's all bad. And yet that's not the reality. Stress is a mechanism by which we grow. You know, lifting weights stresses our muscles, but that's how we become stronger. So there is stress that we experience when we test ourselves, when we get outside of our comfort zone. That's good. That helps push us forward. So there's that positive stress. I think there's even a term for it called U-stress. It's E-U stress, and it's good stress. And then there's that debilitating, life-sabotaging stress that we have. So it's helpful to to realize that the goal is not just to have a stress-free life, but to be able to manage that debilitating stress that pulls us down. Yeah, that's helpful because, you know, if you don't have any stress in your life, you're probably just not really living or risking or getting out there enough. I started thinking about stress differently when I was reading something about engineering, where the term stress, you might not know this, I didn't when I read this, but the term stress actually originally is like a physics engineering concept, where when you're building a structure, you're anticipating the stress that the structure is supposed to uphold, like the weight of it. So if you imagine a bridge, you they would engineer it anticipating the amount of stress it would have. And if the stress increased, like the size of the vehicles crossing it or the amount of traffic, they didn't think, oh, this is bad. It was, they would think, how can we fortify the structure to handle the stress? And that's what I love about this, um, this podcast is that you're not saying necessarily get rid of the stress. You're saying, how can we fortify ourselves to handle what life gives us? Yeah. And that's exactly, in fact, the, the genesis of this topic came out of an intensely stressful period for me. Just this this fall, we already were dealing with all of the COVID stuff and the political and the racial unrest and everything on of that. But I also lost my mom, 
during that period. And I was also launching a book during that period. And then there were three or four other things. And so by nature, I was thrust into this very stressful season that I had no control over. These were things that were happening and they were stressful. And so in my mind, I went, I can't do anything about the fact that this season is stressful. So how do I fortify myself? And so I began to think about what are the strategies? What are the things that I need to do that often are things that I learned during the incredibly stressful period when Perrin was dealing with cancer Hmm. and the stress of that? What are the things I need to resort to to fortify myself in that inevitable season of stress? Yeah, I watched you go through it. And I've seen this with a lot of people. I mean, if you take the bridge analogy, with the pandemic and the political unrest right now, it's almost like everyone's bridge has multiple 18 wheelers that have broken down, and they are sitting on the bridge and regular life traffic is still coming across. So we have this built in extra weight. And then you have your own personal things that, you know, it's happening across the board. Um, Sickness, stress, you know, death as you bent through and so we really are going to not be able to withstand the extra weight unless we think about ways to fortify the structure if we do the same thing the the bridge collapses exactly so that's that's what is behind this of saying when we're in that season and when stress hits us in a particular way and we really need that help where do we turn to what are some tips for helping us fortify ourselves in dealing with stress. All right, I'm ready. Let's go. Wh- what do you have? So uh, the, first, the first tip is what, what might seem really obvious. In fact, some of these might seem really obvious. But the first one is to try to identify the culprit of the stress. And by, by doing that, often we just feel this vague sense of stress. Um, by identifying it, sometimes we take the power out of it. When we say, well, this is what's causing me stress, we go, well, I don't need to feel stressed about that. That's not really a big deal. But the naming of what's stressful and then thinking very particularly, how am I going to address this? How am I going to attack this stress? So a particular tip with that, that my brother is really good about, and it, it actually, he talked about this in podcast just recently, is to just take a, a notepad and write the question at the top of it, why am I stressed? Hmm. And then just make a list. And it's, it's very simple, but you put those words on a page, and all of a sudden, it looks different. That's really good. And I think it's really good because there are things that stress us out that are not obvious. You know, like I can look at the obvious things in my life that are causing stress. But the other day, so I had been in a period of time where I just wasn't really having a glass of wine at night. I just wasn't interested in it. I was exercising instead. And one night I noticed dinner was over and I really wanted a glass of wine. And that was interesting to me. And I thought, am I stressed out? 
and just asking the question. So knowing like what the symptoms are, the things that you do or you're prone to do that are signals like I'm stressed out, I think is helpful because sometimes we don't even know we are. So that was a signal to me that like you haven't really been wanting a glass of wine at night and now you do. And then asking the question made me realize I'd gotten an email a couple hours earlier that I didn't realize had really stressed me out. And just naming that and then kind of rationalizing myself, being like, it's going to be okay. You can deal with that tomorrow. You don't have to handle it tonight. Just helped me breathe easier. And, and that process of naming it was really good. It's, it's great. It's, it's kind of uh, becoming self-aware. Sure. And if you need a tactic like making a list on a piece of paper, why am I stressed? It's helpful. Because that vague sense can, I mean, we can live with that for a long time, not even, in a sense, admitting to ourselves that we're just stressed out. Yeah, and knowing the signs, like, you know, some people get headaches when they're stressed. Just kind of knowing your signs. What are your signs when you get stressed and naming it? Right. Okay, great. So number two is one that could rub some people in a way that, you know, I don't really like this particular idea, but it's one that has made a huge, regular, consistent difference in my life in very, very stressful times. I've learned that when I'm feeling a lot of stress, that I need to double down on my morning routine time. That morning routine time for me is a, is a really life-giving, important part of my life. When I'm really stressed, that amount of time that I give to it and what I do during it often isn't enough to de-stress me. Hmm. And so I've learned that when I'm going through a lot of stress, I need more time in that morning. I need more quiet in that morning to do the same job that that morning time routine does for me when I'm not stressed. So I intentionally make the decision when I'm going through a really stressful period to add time and quiet into my morning routine. And that does a huge job in helping me just lower, dissipate some of that stress that I'm feeling. So I love a morning routine also, but what if you're one of these people who gets every minute of sleep you can and resents the idea of waking up early and having a morning routine? Yeah, and there are, there are a lot of people who, uh, who fit that description. So there are two things I'd say. Um, maybe if you're in a really stressful season, maybe this is a time to try that. You know, it may not be doubling down. It might be trying it for the first time because what you're doing is not working. You're still stressed. Hmm. So the first thing I would say is perhaps it's time to give this a try. If you're still resistant and that's just not what you want to do, somewhere in your life, you need to find some way of relaxing. You probably already have some way. Double down on that. Hmm. If it's a walk in the afternoon, take a little bit longer. Walk a little bit slower. If it's going kayaking, you know, add more to that. So we all have some kind of mechanism. Uh, if it's alcohol, don't double down on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the idea is that if if you're not into that morning routine, then take that positive way that you do relax and double down on that. Okay. And then one more thing about the morning routine, and it kind of ties into the third tip that I see that you have 
um, some of us, when we are in our morning routine, we um, practice um, either meditation or prayer. But what I've noticed sometimes when I have a lot going on is that my prayer time is really more about swimming in my own worries. So extending a prayer time in the morning for me when I'm I'm working on this, but right. would be extending my fretting over my worries. So what what would you say to that? Well, there there are several different ways that you can kind of address that. Um, one by giving yourself a little bit more time, it does help. Sometimes uh, I find that what really helps with the stress, too many people's morning routines are just back-to-back activities. I read a chapter of the Bible. I do this, I do this, I do this, and then I check off. I've had my morning time. So I particularly incorporate quiet in that time, an extra dose of that. To prevent what you're talking about where that just becomes a way of stressing out more, I either incorporate kind of some intentional breathing into it, some deep breathing as a way of de-stressing, or sometimes, because I actually love to memorize short bits of scripture, I will slowly repeat that scripture, and that keeps my mind in a positive place. So I love particularly Psalm 23. So when I'm finding that I'm really distracted by all of the worries or things that are going on in the day, I'll take that quiet time and I'll just slowly go, the Lord is my shepherd. Hmm. I have everything I need. And then I just slowly go through that and it, and I can feel it begin to seep into me and de-stress and kind of get rid of that uh, frantic mind thing that goes on. Hmm. I like that because you're sort of you're turning your own thoughts off, but still creating space for quiet. And you know, I know that centering prayer does that, or wordless prayer, where right. you're just kind yes. of not thinking or presenting any thoughts in your prayers. You're just quiet. So that's really good. And how would that tie into your number three that you have here? So the the third one I have is include breathing exercises. And this is also just kind of my experience. I've realized. Part of coming out of writing the book Space to Breathe Again, I realized that I have a habit of shallow breathing. And that shallow breathing, I feel in my shoulders and my neck. And I realized that that's largely just a habit. So I've started to incorporate, try to incorporate the, the habit of taking deep breaths, not just in the morning time, but throughout the day. So there are all sorts of ways. You can say, well, every time I go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. I'm going to take three deep breaths. Or every time I get in the car, I'm going to take three deep breaths. And you begin to, first of all, realize that you've been breathing in a shallow way, which gets accentuated with stress. Our, our breathing gets shallower and shallower. So breathing deeply loosens everything, and it, act, it as an exercise in and of itself de-stresses us. Yeah, there was a Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. article back when the pandemic broke about this and about the importance of proper breathing and how it, it changes everything, your mood, your health, just the, in, the way you intake air and exhale air is so fundamental to life, and it's so fundamental to the quality of life, is what I'm hearing you say. Right. We have to learn to breathe. Hmm. 
as crazy as that sounds, we have to learn to breathe and no more so than when stress is really high. Didn't you just write a book about this recently? That's a good idea. Oh, I Maybe thought, I should. Yeah, I thought yeah. I, I thought that rang a bell. <laughs> okay, so we've got three. Those have been really helpful. What What is your fourth tip? So the fourth tip is, again, one that I learned in the uh, Wheezy and I learned in the really hard days of of parents' cancer, which went on, as you know, kind of a long six and a half years mm. of that. So it was about survival during those years. And so that we realized that in order to survive, we had to insert in the stress of the days many getaways. So we had this, this idea that we kept on kind of challenging each other with, what, what did you do fun today? Hmm. You know, because the stress almost caused you to think, well, I can't possibly do something fun. Life's hard. That's just, that would be uh, inappropriate almost. And yet we learned that we had to intentionally insert somehow, somewhere, these many getaways. Sometimes as best we could, we would make them you know, once a day, something I do needs to help me get away from this stress. Sometimes it was, what am I going to do this week to help me through the stress? And then at certain periods was, man, we have gone through a really long season of stress. We need a weekend getaway. So whether it's a day, a daily type of practice of a mini getaway or a weekly or a monthly, or all of the above, it's a choice to live on the other side of stress, of saying, I'm not going to be defined and I'm not going to be ruled by this stress, however reasonable or appropriate it is. I have seen Wheezy do this. I've really enjoyed watching her um, do this, just kind of choose choosing joy. And it doesn't have yeah. to be a huge thing. It can just be in the in the morning, you think, what can I do today that's a little bite of joy? Um, and I think for, for me, I one time heard this, because it ties into technology a little bit. I think when I've got downtime, I tend to just default to um, Instagram or social media, which does provide some fun for me. It's, it's enjoyable. It's like kind of a good... Um, down ramp from a lot of activity. It sure. kind of just brings yeah. me down. So I don't really mind that, but it doesn't bring joy. In fact, I find when I want to have that little moment of joy, it needs to, I need to not have my phone with me. Um, even if it's 20 minutes or whatever, it gives me some rest. And I read this, I think it was, um, I can't remember, but an hour a day, a day a week, a week a year just brings so much. It's a a break from the noise. Right. And I want to encourage people to, to think that that's not a gimmick. You know, it's not just uh, denying the reality. It's actually right-sizing things because we can become obsessed with our stress. It can become way outsized. And these getaways are ways of seeing things more as they truly are. That is, life, even in that in those worst stages, was not all bad. Hmm. There were many good things going on. There were many occasions for joy. So it was an intentional practice to see rightly about life. So these getaways, they may need to be intentional actions, but they're intentional actions to 
see stress in a more realistic way. Yeah, it's it's almost like a boundary that you're putting up to the stress. You're not letting it have your entire day, your entire life. Absolutely. Yeah. Not going to be defined. Mm-hmm. Not going to let it ruin me. Mm-hmm. So, but it takes that kind of intentional, pra- these intentional practices that we're talking about. And that's where I've realized in these, you know, times of dealing with stress that it takes some intentionality to do this. So, well, I have seen you and Wheezy do that, and um, it's fun. It's fun to watch. So I, I've noticed that. Well, sometimes when we're really going through a stressful time, it's about survival, hmm. you know, and those things that we chose to do, they did help us survive really, really difficult times. And and for a lot of people, particularly in this stage of life and the things going on in our lives, whether it's business, personal health, we just need to survive. And these are survival mechanisms, but they can become even more than that. They can become sources of joy in the midst of hard times. I can see that. I, I mean, I've seen that have an impact on you all. Okay, so we're almost out of time. So what's our last tip? The last tip, which I almost hesitate to mention because it's the easy thing that you always want to beat up, but I think it needs to be said, is to minimize distractions. And the reason I I want to draw attention to that is that in our day and culture, the distractions, often the social media, the news, the different things, are the, the first source that we go to anesthetize ourselves from stress. And dealing with stress is not about anesthetizing ourselves. It's about right-sizing it. It's about seeing it. It's about fortifying ourselves. And if our only mechanism is to try to deny it by resorting to just living on our phones or doing something of that mechanism, then we're hurting ourselves. And I didn't say eliminate distractions. It's minimize it. So get it in the right place. You know, watching an hour of TV or, you know, going to Instagram, it's not not a problem. But we know in, in instinctively when we're just running from the stress. And that's not the point of this. So I think it always involves minimizing that easy path of distractions. Yeah, I, I like how you don't just throw it all out because I've had seasons and I'm sure you, I know you have, where I do need a little numbing. You know, I need to watch some TV. I need to spend some time on my phone because it's just too much. But I know that the anesthetizing that screens provide isn't going to take away stress. It's just going, it's not going to solve the problem. It's almost right. like taking an Advil when you have a broken bone to make the pain go away, but it's not going to heal the bone. Like you got to get a cast on it. You got to, you got to do what it takes to heal and de-stress, but it will numb you for a little bit. I mean, for me, I have to just go for a run. Like I know that that is a corrective to stress or it, it actually gets rid of stress Brene Brown talks a bit about like um, complete the cycle of stress. So stress is inevitable. It comes in and you have to process it and then exhale, like get it out, out, output it. And 
she had different techniques. You'd have to read her book, but one of them is exercise. And although, you know, screens and technology can be a part of that cycle of stress, completing the cycle of stress, it's not going to be the thing that gets rid of it. Right. And I think that's a really great point because what you've done is you've identified a particular strategy, your own tip for dealing with stress that helps you. So these are five that I've practiced in my life. The point of it is to create some intentionality of dealing with stress. If these tips that we've talked about help towards that, and I think they can, then great, you know, borrow these tips. If you need to come up with your own, but face it and intentionally deal with it, that's the point of this. Don't just give in and think there's nothing that I can do about this. Well, great. I'm so glad that you offered these because life has gotten more stressful. And I think one of the things that you provide is a way for us, you know, practical tools for us to rise to the demands of life. Yep. Right now. I hope it's helpful for everybody. I have to come back to these all the time in my life. You know, it's, it's my necessary things for survival. So I hope it's helpful to those who are listening. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you found it helpful and encouraging in your journey. Before you leave, I wanted to let you know of two things. First, if you are looking for more helpful content like this, visit TommyThompson.org. There, you will find resources created to help you find space in your life. Second, if you are enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you would take a minute to leave a review. This helps other people find the show as well. 